Hello everyone, it is your voice of choice, former mayor of hell, Paul Casey here. It's been quite a while since uh, I put out the message about great times here at Clock Shelves Entertainment, and since then, the entertainment space has changed even more than before. Podcasting is becoming so much larger where everyone is getting into the space um, and we continue to be in that space and we continue trying to bring you great times um, I know I personally have an issue with some time management and I know that is not your fault but I am here to personally apologize to each and every one of you listeners uh, so please accept my apology my sincerest apology in the fact that uh, I have not been steadily bringing you content that is not the fault of anyone that contributes to Clock Shelves Entertainment other than uh, myself. So we are trying to get back on track with bringing you all of the content that you love and all of the new content that we want to continue to bring to you. Content that includes Polynol, Lost with Friends, yes, that's right. More Lost with Friends on the way. Um, we still have the archives of Wrestling Renegades available. We have launched MCU and Me, a look back on the entirety of the MCU, including a lot of the TV series, former Netflix uh, series, a lot of which, of course, are becoming more and more canonized. Uh, we have also recently, as of this recording, launched Buffyverse and Converse. As of this recording, once again, I say, uh, this uh, that program will be coming to your favorite podcast uh, platforms soon but of course you can always get these uh, episodes early and uninterrupted over at content club um, if you would like to help us continue to keep the lights and mics on of course content club is your hub go ahead and sub but if you just listen to the podcasts in the normal feed. We do thank you and we appreciate the fact that you have continued to stay subscribed and that you let us continue to bring you great times. Um, we appreciate that you have stuck with us uh, for all of these years and we hope to continue to bring you more entertainment and enjoyment in the future. So once again, I would like to apologize for the droughts of non-entertainment and hopefully we can uh, continue with those of you that have stuck with us and perhaps that we can uh, bring some people back. We know that the podcast space, the YouTube space, the Twitch uh, streaming space, and many others have been filled with people of all walks of life, many of whom were in the entertainment industry, as I said in the Great Times um, speech previously. They have now jumped into those spaces um, to bring content where they do behind-the-scenes um, looks at some of the things that they were involved in. But of course, we have the fan perspective, the continued fan perspective, uh, the global fan perspective, and that is all represented here at Clock Shelves Entertainment. Great times ahead, and as always, we like to think that we are a wonderful way to pass the time. 
So once again, thank you for continuing to support Clock Shelves Entertainment, however you do it. I am Paul Casey, and I I would personally like to apologize one more time and say thank you. This is a Clock Shelves Podcast Network production. of mcu and me as always i am paul casey and i am joined by two people today uh one has been my agents of shield season two co-host and the other person is going to be the agents of shield season three co-host so why don't you two go ahead and reintroduce yourselves uh hi Uh, this is liam back again uh glad to be here and hi, this is Ruth. I'm Paul's mom, because I always say that. And uh, I'm glad to be here, too. I'm excited to to get to be part of the MCU and me Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. So, of course, you've both been on the podcast before, but, um, Mom, this is the, uh, the first time you're sort of watching, or re-watching, I should say, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I'll ask you about that in a moment, but I, I want to say this is uh, the final episode, podcast episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. Um, we're going to be covering Scars and SOS Parts 1 and 2 today. Of course, we're going to be talking a little bit about the fallout of um, Age of Ultron. But Liam, I just want to ask you, sort of uh, wrapping up Season 2 here, I mean, it's been quite the journey we've gone through a few films we've gone through season one of daredevil in terms of the podcast and it feels like we've been doing season two for quite a while now how does it feel to sort of be at the end i know you season two isn't necessarily your favorite season of this uh show but i'm curious now sort of looking back what what do you think of season two as a whole uh it's funny you say that like it's ending because it doesn't really feel like an ending i mean i i hate to compare it to lost but i mean i just i just have to the those seasons of lost felt so unique from each other and definitive it felt very much like an end this almost feels like it could be a mid-season finale and they're coming back in a month or two to pick up the rest of the season it just doesn't really feel like an end almost in my opinion I don't know. It all just kind of blends together, honestly. Well, I think part of the reason for that is, I mean, the second half of the season, for sure, we kind of have been talking about the whole Inhumans storyline, right? And, of course, we've we've commented a little bit about how, you know, it's kind of the... Uh, the they're doing the mutants concept without being able to do mutants and stuff. I believe it was you and Ellsworth and I kind of talked heavily about that, but unlike a show like lost or, you know, any of your shows like a, like a breaking bad or anything where season two 
kind of has, or it's not even season two, but any any season finale, they they sort of wrap up some of your main storyline. This, I I would agree it it. So I always forgive me. I know once again bringing up Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I even said it on Lost. Uh, you know when we did Lost with friends and things like that. I always sort of see that a season finale should be like that, where it ends whatever your main arc of the season was, but it leaves room for whatever might go forward. And the quote-unquote big bad or two big bads of the, you know, season two, they, they do, you know, meet their end, basically, in this but it i would i would agree there is a lot of setup for season 3 but i don't think it's necessarily the worst we got two uh you know sort of major cliffhangers uh at the end of SOS so i do like that obviously you know it's always good to have a cliff especially if you know you're coming back to have a cliffhanger that uh you well, know well i think that was part of the thing with buffy was pretty much at the be- the first couple seasons they weren't sure they were coming back correct yeah. You know, so they wrapped up everything because they had to wrap it up because otherwise it would have been hanging there. But I mean, even you know? even with Lost, where they knew they were coming back, there was there. I, I agree with with what Liam said, and I'm sure we could point to other shows as well. But there was something in the episode that felt like a definitive ending. And and I mean, like I said, the the. We'll, we'll get to it, obviously, because we're going to be doing, like I said, Scars and SOS. But with the uh, with Cal, you know, quote unquote, being defeated and we'll talk about that and the whole fallout with with Jaying, um, that did seem to have like a definitive ending there. But there didn't seem like much resolution for any of the actual agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. For them, it just seemed like. I don't want to say just another day, but it didn't seem like there was anything that was, you know, resolved with their, with their characters. It was more just like, okay, now on to the next thing, as opposed to, okay, now let's, you know, we, we conquered X, Y, Z. It's more just sort of a, just another day on the job. Unfortunately, unfortunately with the military it's you live to fight another day and that's the end of you know like it's it's not the end it's always there's something else out there i understand you know? but that's tv oh, I, I, you know yeah i get it the, the, yeah i get it I, you know it's 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 kind of like you know in the in the movies and stuff where they you know set up for the next thing but not overtly cliffhanger you know well we kind of we kind of talked about that with with age of Ultron, right? Where age of Ultron kind of didn't feel like an end, you know, the, and I know technically Ant-Man, uh, comes after age of Ultron in terms of what actually closes out phase two, but the, the Avengers, the first Avengers film felt like a culmination of all of these individual thing, you know, the individual films from phase one, and then they all got together and then they, defeated excuse me they defeated loki and got you know took out the chitauri and you know the battle of new york whatever and then yes there was the cleanup and what's going to happen now and you know clearly tony had you know ptsd liam and i talked about that with iron man 3 and and whatnot 
but Avengers Age of Ultron didn't feel like the culmination of anything. It just felt like the next step. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Liam, but that's kind of what you're saying here, was this didn't feel like the culmination of a lot. It just kind of felt like just another episode. Yeah. The show, it, it bounces around and does too much for me to give the season an arc. Like, I... I couldn't say season two is about this, like in in just one sentence. I, uh... Well, yeah, like season like season one is about, uh, it's it's half, you know, the zero eight fours, right? Which are like those, you know, unidentified, whatever. I don't remember what the exact terminology is, but basically, uh, objects of unknown origin. I think that's how they they say it. Like yeah. that's the first half, and then the second half is. The fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hey everyone, this is future Paul coming at you. I'm just letting you know that this episode is brought to you by Content Club. That is patreon.com slash clock shelves. Um, and our new podcast series, Buffyverse and Converse. That's a show where myself and several frequent clock shelves collaborators get together to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television series, 25 years later. That's right, it's been 25 years since Buffy the Vampire Slayer rolled into Sunnydale and into our geeky hearts, and we are going episode by episode, uh, going over the episode, or I'm sorry, going over the series, and um, the great thing about it is some people have watched the series, some people haven't watched the series, so we're getting all sorts of viewpoints from various ages, various levels of fandom, and everything in between. So make sure you go check that out. Available now. The first several episodes are available now. Uh, uninterrupted over at Content Club. Coming to your favorite podcast feed anywhere you get podcasts. But for now, enjoy this episode brought to you from Buffyverse and Converse on Content Club. And then season two, there's a lot of, we're going to take down Hydra, but then we're going to focus over here. And then we're going to have Inhumans, but then we're going to focus over here. And as we'll, we'll find out, and we kind of see in the cliffhanger, spoiler, spoiler, folks, season three kind of continues some of that Inhumans storyline. But it also, but like even season two also has the there's two shields let's take down hydra there's inhumans like there i feel like there was a, a little too much in season two and i get it shows have you know a bigger budget and they have more room to play with things you get new cast members you get better this that and the third as you get, keep going in season two in almost any show compared to season one but it felt like they kind of threw too much here at season two now mom I'm, so, oh i'm sorry go ahead liam oh i was just gonna say uh and the thing you got to do, too, is, you know, I'm fine with if you want to do like the first half of the show is about I mean, the first half of the season is about this. The second half of the season is about this. A lot of shows do it. I don't care for it sometimes. But the thing you got to do is you, you got to connect those two halves because it's still it's still one. It's still one season. Or is this just season four that we're watching basically and talking about where it's really season four if it's half seasons, you know, season two B gets thrown around. Oh, when they yeah, split like, stuff uh, up. like Once Upon a Time started doing. Yeah, and Walking Dead does it a lot now, too. Yeah. See, I don't I don't necessarily mind that 
as much. I do agree with you because that's that whole thing where people will say like the, sh the television show Survivor when when it's oh it's gone it's like 30 seasons in or what have you that's because they air two quote unquote seasons per year and it's really just that cycle because the concept of a television season isn't what it used to be right like that's an argument I've have with my father a lot you know a season is from like basically the length of a school year from the fall to the spring but when you have two per year with survivor or whatever it doesn't count as a season i i kind of agree with you there um, I, I do like the concept of a, like if they just started calling them a cycle or, you know, I believe, uh, once upon a time called them pods of episodes, you know, we're going to do this pod and then that pod and kind of interferes with what we do here on as podcast. But, uh, I, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with, with what you were saying. Um, mom, I want to ask you sort of coming into season two here at the end. Um, I believe this is your first time sort of rewatching season two um and uh, you're kind of jumping in here at the end of season two you watch the entire series uh through at least once but i'm i'm curious how it was for you sort of like like liam was he kind of he jumped in at the end of season one and then has gone through season two so now you're kind of jumping in at the end of season two and we're going to do season three i'm curious how it is kind of jumping in here well it's weird because like maybe a month ago I watched the end of the series. And so to go back and, and try and figure out who these characters are at this point in time, knowing where they ended up. And it, it's, it's, it's weird, you know, like go, going back, you know, it's like going back in time and, and seeing them when they're babies, you know, um, everybody at this point is still finding their place in the, in the organization even though it's season two, they're still finding their footing with each other and everything else like that. So it, it was it was weird, you know, coming back into it at, at at this point after having watched, you know, all the way to the end because so much has happened. And then I have to, like, try and focus on, okay, forget that and focus on what's happening right here and right now. Pretend you don't know all those things, you know. So, uh, but it's, you know, it's interesting because you notice little things that are kind of foreshadowed that, you know, are, are a bigger thing later on, you know? Well, one of the things that I, and I mean, I feel like I, I definitely, I want to talk about the episode Scars, obviously, but I feel like because SOS was two parts and because it was the finale, I feel like that's going to be a lot of the meat of the discussion of this podcast episode. But one of the things that, that I didn't realize in uh, the episode SOS was um, it was this early on that Coulson got his hand chopped off. And realistically, that kind of plays until, I mean, I would argue the end of the series in a, in a way, you know, not to, yeah. not to give too much away, but it, it becomes a focal point of that character with, with a lot of things that that character goes through. And I didn't realize that it happened kind of this, or, I mean, I know season two isn't early, but when you consider the show was, I want to say seven seasons overall you know, the end of season two is kind of early in the, in the run. And that was one of the things that I, uh, that I didn't remember 
there was really only like two two distinct memories that I had of of this you know finale kind of um and that was not one of them actually um but one of the things I wanted to talk about in particular was in the episode scars um we get sort of the fallout of the uh Avengers Age of Ultron story in a way it was set up uh at the end of the previous batch of episodes the final one of those being the dirty half dozen and then uh with the concept of theta protocol and then we find out here well in that movie and then you know kind of tying in here we find out that uh that was um colson giving nick fury the helicarrier and like we like we said before sort of one of the storylines in this season is sort of shield versus shield and they started you know they kind of came together in the the last batch of episodes that we talked about and then kind of here we see where they become one and liam i want to kick it to you what do you think i know we we talked a lot about how you know you didn't necessarily like Age of Ultron. We talked about that there. What did you think of of the fallout kind of playing up on it here in the Agents of Shield side? Uh, I think it's it's interesting. It's kind of a detriment to Age of Ultron in a way that this that movie doesn't really have that big of an impact on Agents of Shield or I guess even the rest of the Marvel universe if you look at it. One of my favorite things about recording any of the shows that I do, like MCU and Me or Lost with Friends or even back when we used to do Wrestling Renegades, is finding out little uh, details about the people that we have on. Uh, and sometimes in the middle of those conversations, you get some very interesting details about who the people are. And of course we try to present you with who those people are across the various clock shelves, entertainment shows. And one of the best ways that we do that is on our show, Paul and all, um, it is where I sit down, uh, with various people from all over the world, as I always say, and I just talk with them. And I, the, you know, no topic is too small on our show, Paul and all, as our intro says. And I would love if you would go and check it out, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, of course, you could find the links across all of our social media. And, you know, you could help us grow that show as well, because sometimes it's fun talking with the Losties or the True Believers uh, about things that aren't necessarily Lost or Marvel or wrestling or what have you. Um, sometimes getting to know the people is what is the fun part for me. I am Paul. I am your voice of choice here at Clock Shelves Entertainment, and I host Paul and All. Go check it out. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of seems, I mean, business as usual, relatively speaking, with just the storyline that they're that they're going. I mean, it's maybe a, it's a part of two or three episodes beforehand setting up the Theta Protocol and the Helicarrier and what have you. And then, the, you know, there's a, a reference or two to it during uh, this first episode we have. And then it just kind of continues on with the Inhumans and Afterlife and all that stuff. It doesn't really impact as much as other Marvel movies would. 
So, truth be told, folks, this is kind of a take two of this podcast. We had some technical difficulties um, when we tried recording this previously. And, and Liam, I want to say it was you that brought up, and you kind of hinted at it there. And I, like I said, I believe it was you that brought it up the last time. I, as you were saying that, I, w- I remembered something, which was basically how um, Captain America, uh, the Winter Soldier, seemed to impact... The, this TV series kind of more than the Avenger, this Avengers film did. Was it you that said that? I believe. Uh, potentially, yeah. Yeah, and and well, I think I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go. What were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say, you know, uh, it, it's the the whole concept of um, it, it. There isn't really a lot of um, there isn't a lot of change. Like Winter Soldier was the fall of shield and pretty much Sokovia kind of influences things later, but not anything that we've seen here so far. Like there was a little blip about it on the, on the TV screen and, you know, you know, a little bit of conversation, but you know, for something that could have been a, you know, uh, I, you know, an earth shattering kaboom, let's say. Um, Thanks Marvin. I know. Right. There's a, there's very little, you know, very little conversation about that. You know, I I think, I think I, I absolutely think that's true. And they, I feel like maybe going into season three, they, they talk about it a little more just because we see kind of at the end of, uh, or at least at one point in SOS, you know, we see about the index and we know that going forward, you know, there's going to be talk of, you know, a registration and, and things like that it happens in all comic books, even DC and Marvel and what have you. But the, the thing that, that interested me was that in Captain America, the winter soldier, as far as the world knows, Nick Fury died and S.H.I.E.L.D. fell and all of these other things. And then at the, I believe it was in the the Dirty Half Dozen, um, Coulson mentions briefly something about about Fury coming back to Gonzalez, played by Edward James Olmos. And he kind of says how, you know, like, oh, wait, maybe you weren't, you know. I, I guess I spilled that one too early or what have you. Now, obviously, we as the audience know, especially the TV audience, we know that um, Fury isn't dead. We saw him in, I believe it was the season one finale or somewhere, some something like that, uh, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we saw him sort of pop up, you know, not dead in, I believe it was Winter Soldier, you know, afterwards and whatnot. But... In the film side, and we've talked before about how the film side and the TV side may or may not have sort of been in cahoots with each other, um, and, and the conspiracy theory that, that exists around that, but um, on the film side, all Fury says is, oh, I got it from, and we talked about it in Age of Ultron, but he says something along the lines of, like, I got this from some friends, and it was covered in mothballs and whatnot with regards to the helicarrier, but then nothing else with regards to shield or anything else. So as far as the film side 
knows, like the the citizens of of the United States, there's stuff on the news about you know Sokovia and whatnot, but suddenly there's the leader of Shield who's supposed to be dead, the uh, a Shield health theoretically a Shield helicarrier, and people who work for Fury somehow some way. So do none of them question, well, wait a minute, it, does that mean S.H.I.E.L.D. is around? Because obviously Coulson and his S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Gonzalez and his S.H.I.E.L.D. have been, you know, kind of operating in secret, but Fury kind of brought them out into the spotlight here, in a way. Yeah, but did he, uh, did he come out as S.H.I.E.L.D. or did he come out as somebody that was working with the Avengers? You know, there's that... I mean, as far as them talking about Ultron here, I know Gonzalez says something along the lines of, you know, we see what happens when one person, you know, does things that other, you know, like, I think he calls, I think he calls Tony Stark a narcissist, um, you know, does things without other people being involved, you know, and, and the, the trouble that that can cause. So, you know, there is that because that's the whole Ultron thing. You know, basically Tony Stark gets blamed for that, even though it wasn't just him. But I, you know. No, and I and I think you're right. And but it's it's one of those things where it's just it doesn't seem like it impacted too much. No, like 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 so. So. Iron Man three came out before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started. But the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. picks up after Iron Man 3 with the... What is it called? The Centipede? Is that right? Some Centipede thing? Um, where they're basically trying... Yeah. Once again, they're trying oh, to yeah, do yeah, this, yeah. the Super Soldier Serum thing. So it picks up with the Centipede storyline. And then I believe the next film after that is the second Thor, which basically has nothing to do with anything Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wise. We see Lady Sif. It's either in that episode or in... Well, I know she shows up in other episodes. And then we see one episode randomly where there's some. There's another guy here on Earth who's like a Asgardian librarian or something like that. But really... Thor the Dark World has very little impact on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. universe. And I'm not saying they have to, because going forward, I've talked about it before, they did kind of start to drift off. Hey there, folks, just taking another break to remind you to check out our social media pages. We're trying to grow those, and we're wondering what you want to see more from us. Uh, you can let us know your feedback on our shows. You can let us know uh, feedback on just about anything really over on our social medias. You can make requests for various guests that you want to maybe return to certain shows or you can give us topics. Um, you can check out all of that and you can even find pretty much across the various platforms the people that have been on uh, our shows because we follow them and are followed by them pretty much everywhere. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we are Clock Shelves. Of course, that's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. We are trying to grow our social media presence, as I said. So um, in addition to us trying to 
post as often as we uh, post new content for you. Uh, we're also trying to make everyone else aware of our social media. So make sure you go give us a follow, maybe even uh, share us sometimes, you know, when we post new stuff. It's at Clockshelves, that's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But like I said, I would just think that the Avengers film, maybe not, you yeah. know, your one-off this or that. Not individual ones, but, right. you know, the but big the ones. the Avengers film, I feel like it should have had a little bit more impact on the, uh, the main, you know, the main television series. Um, yeah. But you are, you are right, uh. Ruth. I go back and forth, just so everybody's aware. I go back and forth calling her Ruth or mom, even off mic. Um, but you are right in, in what Gonzalez said, because that was sort of the way that uh, Coulson presents, well, one shield, you know, a united shield. I'm the leader, but I, I, I'll i seek counsel and, you know, from, from you all and you're, you know, the oversight committee or, or what have you. But you know, obviously, but, but, he... but we know that doesn't work because that that's what that's what Nick Fury supposedly had was the World Council. And he kept all kinds of secrets from them. And Coulson is keeping secrets from these guys. So, you know, like you're starting out on a bad foot by not being honest with the, the people that are supposed to be your counsel. Well, right. I, I don't disagree. And I know that's why that's why May gets mad at him, because even I believe Liam, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was at the beginning of this season when when or maybe the end of last season or whatever it was when Coulson was like writing, you know, all of those symbols and things. And he was the leader, but he had May as like a special assignment just to watch over him. So. But he was he was kind of keeping things from her even then. But then he was keeping their secret assignment from the rest of the group. So Coulson, I mean, for better or worse, he has a history of doing this. Yep. Yeah. I believe season one ended with the cliffhanger of him writing on the wall. Right. So then it would have been season two where he's but, like trying to figure yeah, out that, what it that is. Con- but that continued all the way through. Yeah. You know, through a lot of season and two there we go that's another that's another i mean obviously that led into the inhumans but that that was another storyline you know in season yep. two amongst the you know the several that we've already listed um well that that's a that's a cree tie-in though right well yeah but that's the inhumans and that's yeah the the they were you know created by the cree and and then they were seen as like an abomination sort of thing, not not uh, Timothy Roth's character um, from Tim. Was that right, Roth? Yeah, um, Tim Roth, whatever uh, I believe from uh, from the, the Incredible Hulk film. Um, but we do get just with regards to the Cree, we do get a little bit more of them because uh, uh, Reina in the afterlife storyline starts to get uh, basically visions about this Cree weapon. Um, and it turns out to, it's what's, what's, you know, going to be known as the monolith. Um, and, you know, I, I want to, I want to ask um, 
Ruth, I'll kick it over to you. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to kick it to Liam first. Sorry, just because of the way that I'm going to word the question. So, Liam, I know you weren't on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the beginning, but, you know, we see Reyna from the very first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and she goes through quite the transformation all the way up to this episode, and we saw a lot of her sort of... She was, like, the unofficial main character, I would say, of this season and probably all of season one as well and we see her sort of we see well not sort of but we see her meet her demise here i'm just curious what you think of the arc of reyna and how it it ends here uh i guess i guess you could consider this somewhat of a of a bittersweet ending for her because she's always kind of been looking for her purpose or where she belongs and at the end, she does end up finding this, which is basically her purpose is to die in this particular situation, almost a sacrifice for the greater good, kind of. So, and, and of course, we've mentioned before the parallels of her having uh, pre precognition, you pre-cognition. know, her seeing the precognition. Yeah. I was close. Uh, And her working for somebody who she believed was clairvoyant in earlier in earlier episodes. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, Ruth, I mean, again, you're kind of coming in uh, on this uh, very late in the the character of Reyna. But I'm sure you as soon as you saw her, some things might have might have come back to you in the memory. But just what do you think just seeing the ending sort of of this of this character i don't know how much you remember about her with regards well, to it, sort of the season 1 storyline into season 2 but you know inter- she it's interesting sorry go ahead no all i was going to say was um like liam said you know it's kind of bittersweet i feel like she she has almost a, a hero's death here which is kind of funny if you look at sort of the character that reina was where she started out and then uh like Liam said, she she found her purpose, and it's it's to you know meet her end to to help, um, Sky, Daisy, what have you, uh, see, you know, sort of what's what's really going on with with Jaying, um, but yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that that after everything that that she's been through, she kind of gets basically a, a a hero's death here. But I'm sorry, Mom, you were going to say something. That's okay. Well, no, it's, it is it is interesting because it's like she, Cal talks about the fact that don't believe her because she's, you know, she's only out for herself and she's, you know, it's always about her. It's always about her. And, you know, it, it turns around to where she, like one of her last speeches, let's say, is the fact that she talks about, you know, uh, somebody told her that she was an angel and she always thought that that was, you know, she was going to be the whatever. And it turned out that she was, uh, the angel, she was a a herald, which, you know, is the, the angels who bring the news. And so she did. And literally she died in front of Daisy. She's at one point, she says about the fact that she is the thorn that protects the rose. And, her or the daisy her death, in this case yeah her death 
is the thing that allows Daisy to see what her mother is and who her mother is, you know? So, you know, I mean, I'm sure that she hoped for a better ending, but when all is said and done, like you said, she got that hero's ending because she did allow, you know, Daisy to see what was happening, which allowed, you know, Daisy to, you know, talk to Link and, you know, like basically let the others know, hey, things aren't exactly what they appear to be with her, you know? So, yeah, it was, it was an interesting, an interesting um, way for them to bring the character who was all about, you know, and it's ironic that Cal said she's all about herself and Jaying thinks that, you know, she's, that, that, uh, Raina is self-centered and the two of them are like please like <laughs> pot kettle hello what are you talking about you know there's you know they're, they're the they're all about themselves although they think that they're out for the greater good well I see I, I mean now Jaying of course out for herself I think Cal is is just out to protect you know his his wife and daughter however uh ill conceived his his plans are i think i think it's less about protecting his wife and daughter and they actually talk about it a little bit in the fact that he had to um basically he had to prove that he was worthy of her and that's why she could get him to do the things that he did because she wanted him to pr- like you know he talked about you know, when she when she fed off from the village people initially, she cried and then she demanded kind of and the, the change in her. And he said about, you know, he basically was having to prove that he was worthy of her. So if you haven't already, uh, go check out on Content Club. One of the bonus episodes we have once a month is a show called Two of Us. It features myself and my father uh, going through some different things in Beatles history. Uh, I know that that may not sound like fun to some people. You may not be a Beatles fan, or maybe you're just a casual fan or what have you, but we're making some interesting discoveries along the way. Because one of the things that we uh, have with that show is I provide a lot of research and things like that. And my dad, who was alive for a lot of it, but kind of caught up later because it was happening when he was, you know, incredibly young. Uh, But he is one of the biggest Beatles fans I know, one of the biggest Beatles fans you'll probably ever meet if you get the chance to meet him, of course. But we kind of provide, it's, it's almost like a sports commentary sort of deal where I provide some play-by-play and he provides the color, meaning he can provide some context and some things because he's read various uh, books, he's seen various interviews and heard various interviews and all of these things, and he has such a vast knowledge of all things Beatle-related, and we're covering some topics that aren't necessarily the major topics when it comes to the Beatles. So if you might be interested, go check it out. It's available on Content Club right now, patreon.com slash clockshelves, and it is called Two of Us, and it's us going through the long and winding road of the Beatles.
towards the end. And I think that that was some of it was that, you know, she demanded that he protect their child and whatever. Well, yeah, but that's just, I don't think that's, that's just a fool in love. That's what that is. Well, you know, there are people who are in love and then there are people who become homicidal maniacs, you know, like, not exactly. No, I, I understand, but I'm just saying in, in his case, I think that it was, it was more, you know, he's, he's in love with her and he's willing to do for, again, as, as bad as it may be, he's willing to do anything for her. Oh yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he did it because he was trying to prove to her that he was good enough and whatever to that's all. Right. I, I just, but like I, I said, but that's, and it's, it's just, it's fool. It's foolish on his part because well, yeah. it was just, it was all a, a, a manipulation sort of deal. Um, one of the other, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you get back to, to the Jaying and Cal thing in a, in a moment, but one of the other storylines um, that sort of continues on here uh, in this episode is Grant Ward. Uh, he takes, he and Agent 33 take uh, Bobby Mockingbird uh, hostage. And Liam, I and I mean you and I, we've had many conversations both on mic and off mic about the character of Ward because I know he's a character that you that you like. Um, I feel like at a certain point, and you may have even been the one to sort of say this to me first. Maybe again, maybe on the show, I, I don't really remember because we've had so many conversations about him. But I feel like at a certain point, sort of after the uh, the fall of Shield. They're, they didn't seem to have too much of a plan for what to do with Ward. It feels like they were constantly finding storylines for him because they wanted to keep the actor or the character around. Because I will say, to have the concept of this team of agents and then to know that in the first, you know, in, in the first season, you're going to have where a bunch of people weren't actually part of S.H.I.E.L.D., they were part of HYDRA, and one of those people is on Coulson's team and he turns, that's a fantastic storyline. And then it just, became like, at a certain point, it, it becomes, well, why don't they just get rid of this guy, whether it's kill him or whether it's, you know, lock him up and put him in, you know, a detention facility or like that. We know that they have things where they could put him. So the fact that the character keeps coming back and keeps getting away with stuff, it seems, and I know this is going to sound funny considering that all the different things on this show and the fact that none of it's real anyway, but that's probably one of the most far-fetched things for me yeah they 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 really just had no idea what to do with ward ever after after season one honestly and i i, I guess i've just always uh i i don't know I, I guess i've just always seen the potential that ward could have had as a character if if they went a different path i think he could have been an interesting sort of anti-hero uh, 
I think I might have even said that earlier in season two, if 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 I was in charge of the show, I would have made Ward an inhuman as well, so he could connect with Sky on that level that no one else on the team could, and and, and you know that could change his motivations a little bit more. But and I think I think that would have been a fantastic arc for his character. Because then that become that could at least give a reason for him to be around all the time. Because yeah. Shield wants to keep him around because they want to keep an eye on him or whatever. But to let him keep getting away and then he obviously I mean I get it from his point of view, right? He wants to take Shield out and even though he's with Agent thirty three, he's always gonna be in love with with Sky. So Wait, I get hold it. Hold on a second. I, you said that. And I, one of the things I have, I didn't take a lot of notes, but one of the things I have in my notes is it's ironic to me that the, that the person that he gets involved with is a double for May. He's supposed to be in love with Sky. Messed around with May for how long? And then the person that he pretty much, you know, she, she he's supposed to love her now. And it's the, the woman who is a, a double for May. And, and even at the end of this, he's going to get revenge for her death. Right? No, I, you're, I mean, absolutely, just, you're absolutely it, right. It, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that odd though that, that, you know, we keep saying he was in love with Sky, but he he was with the, the woman who looked like May. And I think there's something to be said about that, especially given the history that he has with May. I think I think it actually lends more to May in a way, because she <laughs> I feel like she's constantly reminded of the fact that she was with him. Because anybody, well, yeah, to... I mean, she she talks about the fact that she wants to take the both of them out, you know, because well, the, you she, know I the think... one has her face and and the other one is just you know because she was that stupid, right? And that's the thing is like I think for him, anyone that isn't Sky is a distraction. Doesn't matter what face, excuse me, what face they have, because I I think earlier in the season. Or maybe it was the end of... I'm I'm fairly certain it was in the... Maybe even the previous chunk of episodes. Because I think we had Ellsworth on to talk about it. Cause, and it just happened that way. And, you know, because he has the big crush on, uh, on Chloe Bennett. But I believe Agent 33 takes the form of... The form of Chloe Bennett at one point. And that... Like, he hates that, though. Like, like Ward hates... Because he's like, you're not the real her. And if I, you know, I want to be with the real her, you know, and to him, it's just anyone is a distraction. But if he can't have the real version of Sky, then he doesn't, then he wants somebody else, you know. But whereas for May, it's like, well, geez, we let this guy get away and come back and get away and come back and whatever. And now he has to be out there pulling you know, all these, these terrible 
like things, not just with somebody that has my face making me theoretically look bad, but we also know that they're together and it's like, and then she's constantly reminded of the fact that they did hook up and whatever. And I just, I think it's serves as more of a, like they, I don't think they played it as well as they could have. Cause I think they probably could have played it better with May's character, but I think it's, I, I think it serves more as a, as a thing for her to be like pissed off. Okay. Um, but yeah, at the uh, at the end of of the scars, I mean, I'm sure we have. I don't know how much more we have about the scars episode in particular, but at the end of that that episode, um, Jaying meets with Gonzalez because they don't want to send Coulson in. Um, yeah, do you think that was a betrayal? That I I mean I know that that Sky sees it as a betrayal on their part because she trusts Colson and doesn't trust Gonzalez. And so by sending somebody else, it's like, do you know what I mean? Like well, he, a he betrayal just, of who on who? I, well, I think, I think that sky felt betrayed by Colson because he was supposed to be the one that was there. And she talked to her mother about how she could trust Colson and everything. And then suddenly when this other guy shows up, it's like, well, you know, why is he here? Is is he going to do something? And it makes it easier for them to believe that he that it was all a setup. No matter what my opinion is, no matter what. I think Gonzalez was the right person to send in because it because sky saying you can trust colson and then colson not showing up that that does you know ha like sky does feel some sort of way but had she said anything it's her emotions would have been you know her emotions were too high and nothing well yeah and also because of because we know what happened right no 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 know, but what i'm saying is but i think gonzalez and the team the basically the council or whatever that they formed saying that Colson was too emotionally involved. And I believe he agrees, right? Like I think Colson's like, yeah, you're right. I'll stay behind or whatever. I think, I think it was the right decision because the emotions were too high all around. And yeah, see, I, I disagree. I think that I think it was a betrayal and you know, but it wasn't. I, I don't see. But what because, I'm saying is, I don't see it's how like, it's a betrayal of anyone. Well, because I'm not you, saying you sent, in, instead of sending the head to talk to the head, you sent. It, it's like sending a general to talk to the president. Do you know what I mean? It's not equals coming together to have a conversation about their people. It's that's what a I'm military saying, a person. So then, so then you, so then you think it was a betrayal for. Jaye, like a betrayal on Jaye, yeah, because they couldn't even give her the courtesy. But you said before a betrayal of like I, on I believe Sky. it was both. I believe that both of them felt betrayed because um, because Sky felt that she knows that she could trust Coulson to do what's right and to do what's fair. And to Jaying, I think it was a betrayal in the fact that you know she's supposed to be a a peace meeting, and you send 
a warrior. Yeah, but it does. Realistically, on the Jaying side, it doesn't matter. Well, because she's because a warrior, I get that. But she right. Well, that not only that, but it would to her it wouldn't have mattered who. It's not like if it's not like Sky says, "Oh, hey, mom, you can trust Coulson." In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the Slayer. And in 1997, that Slayer was Buffy Summers. And now, starting in 2022, Clockshelves Entertainment and your voice of choice, Paul Casey, are going through the entire Buffy saga. Buffyverse and Converse. The entire Buffy the Vampire Slayer universe, starting with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 1, Episode 1, going episode by episode, multiple viewpoints, multiple ages, multiple levels of fandom are all already featured on the show. You can check it out early and uninterrupted over at Content Club, and coming soon to your favorite podcast platform. And then she says, oh, all right, Mr. Coulson, the guy who's acted like a father to my daughter, let's talk in peace and harmony and all that. No, she knew what she was planning on doing beforehand. It didn't matter whether 10 people showed up or one person showed up, and it didn't matter who that one person was. It doesn't matter if it was the president, if it was the general, if it was, you know... Right, but what I'm the, saying the, is... The, the in peon a... that, you know, whatever... She was going to do what she felt betrayed because the outcome was going to be the same no matter what on her end. Right. But at, but at that point in time, we didn't. We, but no, that's what, but I'm, what saying. I'm saying. What so I'm saying is she, she knew. She well, cannot she knew. be. You cannot. It kind of it kind of cancels itself out. What do you think, Liam? Uh, I guess it would. I, I don't know if I have to read if there was any like formal like we are going to officially send you know, Colson over to talk. Cause like you mentioned the president talk to you and they send the vice president instead. Maybe you get offended by that. But if it's like, Oh, we're going to send somebody over to talk to you and they send the vice president, you don't, you know, yeah, that would be on you for expecting the president. They could have sent anybody. So I don't know if it was ever, if, if, if it ever reached the point where it was specifically like, yes, we're, we're hundred percent bringing some, bringing over Colson. Or if that was more just like Sky saying, "Oh, they'll they'll bring over Coulson." I mean, I don't. Well, because well, because Coulson said to her that he'd see her soon. So, do you know what I mean? Like he was planning on going. Yeah. That was the discussion. Was that he was? Well, yeah, but see you soon is the same as I'll talk to you later. That doesn't mean later yeah, today. But, it doesn't even mean but, tomorrow. But they had been. But they had been talking about him go. It, I guess it doesn't really matter because she was going to be trimmed. Okay, so I have a question. What did you think was in the box when when that woman handed it to, to Gonzalez? Did we think it was a weapon? Or did we, you know, like it wasn't, that's not what I expected when I saw it the first time. And I actually forgot what it what, was. The, the coins. The, like, the Yeah. I don't remember what I thought the first time. Um, I, I might, I may have thought it was a weapon. Just because of the sneaky but... way that she, the way she said, it. and I mean that's what we're supposed to think. 
because of the way she said it, the way she slipped it to him, the you know what I mean? The whole thing was, um, it, it was, you know, a red, a red, a red herring, you know, they were supposed to think that Gonzalez was going to betray her at that point and not give her a peace offering. Right. Like I said, I don't remember what I thought the first time. I didn't I didn't necessarily think anything of it this time per se. Not because I remembered what was what was going to happen, but more just because it was I was kind of just enthralled in it in the moment. I thought it was I Believe thought it was interesting. I mean, I know that, that sounds I know that she that Jaying ended up giving it to to Sky and said, you know, bring it back to me if you want to stay with me. And you hear it hit the ground when she sees her kill Reyna. Right? Right. So, you know. I believe so, yeah. It, it's it's interesting that she had made her decision to not stay with S.H.I.E.L.D. and go with her mother. And then that happened. <sighs> but that's But that's what Reyna... Well, yeah, said, but well, Reyna, Reyna, Reyna is the one to, who Reyna even says about how, you know, this will be the last time we ever speak. And, you know, but, but basically she says, like, I'm going to lead you to see the truth. Well, yeah, And then when when Sky sees it, she says, this is why Reyna told me to meet you here. Yeah. Because she knew what was going to happen. But yeah, but I, I thought it was interesting that little just that little ching when you hear it hit the ground, you know, it's like. That was that was her that was her plan, you know. That she was going to give up Shield for her mother. Um, and then, of course, at the end of the episode, um, Jaying does betray Gonzalez and uh, releases basically the Terrigen Mist, which, as we saw earlier. Uh, Right, who was we saw oh it was um Oh, it was the the other guy. Remember what's what was his name, Liam, when they were down in the in the tunnels and whatnot where he Oh uh Trip. Yes, that's how that's how Trip died was because he wasn't an inhuman, but he kinda had to he, he got hit by the by the Terrigen mist and uh he turned to stone. Um, and so we see that happen here with, uh, with Gonzalez because, um, basically I don't remember how it's brought about saying it, but they, Jaying basically says that she doesn't want the inhumans to be indexed. So she basically decides to strike first because she feels that eventually, even even if they uh, even if even if they were to play nice with shield now be put on the index and whatever if one of them steps out of line per shield's thoughts well, yeah because the problem with that is the person who owns the list makes the line exactly so so exactly so yes. where you know wherever that line is can change depending on the person who who holds that list Right. Yeah. You know, they can, they can, you know, and, and that's, that's one of the things with in X-Men, um, because I've, I've been watching a lot of the X-Men stuff and 
that's one of the things that Magneto is trying to um, talk to Xavier about is the fact that kind of once you give somebody else that power over you, they always have that power over you. You know, once, once you allow them to, you know, assert that dominance, there's no way around it. You know? You want to talk X-Men films, Liam here is your <laughs> guy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then uh, it, we get to the, the SOS uh, two-part episode. And, I mean, there's... We, we talked about a good portion of it already with, with certain things. Um, I kind of want to skip a little bit to... Well, one... Okay, actually, one of the things that I want to talk about... Um, Liam, I don't know how much you know uh, uh, character-wise, but we see... Um, we see uh, Cal, when he gets... When Gonzalez goes to meet with Jaying, they are... The, the Inhumans give S.H.I.E.L.D basically their version of a peace offering in giving them Cal. And we find out that he has taken something and then we, we see, you know, he gets transformed and whatnot. And I, I remember seeing it back then, but I, I did a little, a little digging and, um, the character equivalent because like Daisy Johnson as we know, uh, Sky, you know, her real name, that's a character from the comics. And I believe in the comic books, she's like the, she's like the second in charge of shield just under Nick Fury. Like, I think she has higher clearance than, you know, pretty much anybody else. And we've seen, and, and Liam, we, we've kind of talked about this in season two. I know Ellsworth and Kevin and I kind of talked about it in season one as well. How, where they'll they'll take little names and little you know winks and nods and things like that um, to various things in the comics, um, and you know put them in the show. In the comics, the character of Calvin Zabo, or Zabo, Z A B O, not sure how it's pronounced is in the the Marvel comics and he is the father of Daisy Johnson and he's also known as the supervillain Mr. Hyde. You already know with Clockshelves Entertainment you get great times, global reactions, enticing aspects, tantalizing topics and many entertaining scenarios. We talk the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe, we talk failed pilots and prep for new shows, and we talk some shows that are, you know, we're looking at in retrospect. We talk with friends from all various walks of life. Sometimes it's sports, sometimes it's sports entertainment, and sometimes it's just pure entertainment. We are all over the country and all over the globe. We're friends, we're family, we are Clockshelves Entertainment. Um, Wikipedia specifically says he's primarily an enemy of Thor and the father of Daisy Johnson and, you know, portrayed in the second season of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by Kyle MacLachlan. That's so, actually ironic because I, I, in my little bit of notes that I wrote for myself, I said that Cal tried for um, Steve Rogers and got 
you know, Mr. Hyde in just the way that. Like, oh, and you didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. But you could. Well, so I watch a lot of the old school, you know, villain movies and stuff. And that the the way that the nails come up over the edge of the, the table and stuff like that, that's definitely uh, and just the, the change in the in the facial features and all that. Those are all um, Mr. Hyde uh, things like in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That was a, a whole thing when uh, Dr. Jekyll becomes Mr. Hyde, the, the way that the hands change and the face changes and, and the whole thing. Um, and it wasn't even like he became the Incredible Hulk, but he became Mr. Hyde, you know? Right. So. And earlier in the season, maybe it was the uh, in the first season, but they, they, do, they did refer to his character as the Doctor early on. Um, but yeah, he, he does, he takes basically a, a I want to say a potion, but basically a formula. Um, and I have the quote here. Uh, the, I'm reading directly from the Wikipedia article. The formula he takes is described by agent Gemma Simmons uh, as being primarily composed of, quote, anabolic androgenic steroids, a liver enzyme blocker, various metabolic enhancers, methamphetamines, gorilla testosterone, and a drop of peppermint, unquote. Yeah, I thought that was funny, that drop of peppermint. Because she said, I think she says, and ironically, or, you know, something like whatever, but it was that that drop of peppermint was the thing, you know? And then we find out, as as this particular passage continues, uh, the formula actually requires at least one milligram of adrenaline to reach its or to achieve its full effect because he even says he's like that's what i was missing yeah but yeah so i i like the fact that they that they kind of i mean we know it was perhaps the last time we were gonna see the character um and the character just for for uh argument's sake i guess um the character of mr hyde in the marvel comics actually debuted uh, December of 1963, uh, in Journey into Mystery, number 99, was created by Stan Lee, like many of the characters, of course, that we know and love from the Marvel Universe. Um, and, you know, obviously there's there's been several versions, uh, you know, in, in television and video games and whatnot, and if, you know, somebody wants to, they can go and read up on that character specifically, but... I thought it was interesting that in what is, or, you know, basically his, his final appearance here, we finally get the his fruition true form. of he's Mr. Hyde. Yeah, yeah. We get to see his, we get to see his true form. Yeah. And Liam, we kind of talked about this in an earlier episode, I believe where, you know, he, there were very much hints of that. I said, one of the, the things I thought and I, I like Kyle McLaughlin. I think he's a fantastic actor. We, you know, we talked before about, you know, Twin Peaks. And, uh, you know, of course, he was on, like, How I Met Your Mother. He's been in damn near everything. But I found it so funny and almost, like, over-the-top acting in an earlier episode when uh, when he was he was trying something, whether he was trying this formula or whatever... And um, he mentions, uh, 
he mentions Daisy, and I think it's he one of the first times he comes, maybe it's even the first time he comes face to face with Coulson, and Coulson calls her Daisy, and he's just like, "That is my name for her." That was in this like that. That's what I call her. No, no, no. There was another episode. I don't know if you remember it, Liam. There was a previous episode where he said because he he did that in a previous episode. I I know for a fact we we Liam and I talked about it, but. There was there was another episode where there was some some shootout or something, and I'm not saying he didn't reiterate it here, but there was another one where he it was it was very overacting, and I was like, even I was like, come on, like. <laughs> yeah. But then again, he's supposed to be like slightly crazy. But then again, it, then again, I, mean, I keep saying that, but he. Uh, then he talk- again and again and again. <laughs> I know, but he talks about the fact that like. You know, like what they did to Jaying and, and the fact that he literally had to put her back together because they physically destroyed her. Yeah. You know, and so he wasn't, I, I believe he was a doctor because, you know, that's, he's, a, he's the one who sewed her back together again. Yes. So... Of course, uh, Jaying, um, ultimately, I mean, I don't, she, so she, she has this whole plan where somebody, one of, one of her lackeys takes one of the Quinn, well, Quinjet? Yeah. Um, and, you know, shoots at where, uh, Gonzalez's body is so that they can't find anything. Um, and, you know, basically to make it look like S.H.I.E.L.D. is attacking the Inhumans. And then the Inhumans go and break into the the S.H.I.E.L.D. base and all of that. Um, I thought there was... I, I mean, I don't know how much I can really say. It's kind of... To me, it's kind of one of those... You, you, you kind of have to watch it. And I would assume that basically if you're listening to this podcast, you have already watched it. This isn't, uh, this isn't like lost with friends where we break down, you know, instance by instance, this is what happened. Then this is what happened. Then this is what happened. It's sort it's more like a companion piece. You watched the episode and now, you know, we're kind of discussing it and, and whatnot. But I liked a lot of the action sequences in there and, and it really, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it, it gets your heart pumping. It gets your adrenaline up, like what's going to happen. And, you know, we, we saw in the previous something, whether it's, it's somewhere within this, this arc of episodes where, um, Mac says the fact that Coulson has Cree blood in him and he doesn't want to take, he's not comfortable taking orders from someone like that. And so he basically puts in his resignation, but he's still on the base. And so then he decides to start helping. But I was, he's on the, the boat. Yeah. Been, yeah. And so, um, you know, he sets himself up with, with weaponry and whatnot. And like I said, there's, there's a lot of like really good heart pumping moments. There's some good action sequences. My favorite is when they, it's, when they trap that guy in the room, the, um, uh, the person, oh, Gordon. Wait. Yes, couldn't the Gordon's name? The guy with no eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's like zipping around the room, and and they were they managed to to trap him in there with those you know 
the disruptors or whatever. Yeah. And they're all taking shots at him. I will say what I was kind of thinking during that scene, I kind of thought that he's, he's fighting, a he's fighting a little too well, you know, Wait, which which he uh, Gordon? Gordon, yeah. Okay. You know he has these teleportation powers, so his fighting should be primarily teleportation based. At least, at least that's how I would do it. Uh, you know, and it's other things that I've seen have done this. You know, when you take away someone's powers or someone's abilities the other side of their fighting wouldn't be as good because they've become uh, reliant on using their powers in fighting. But I, I think that that's one of the things that uh, Jaying kind of worked with the people was that it wasn't just, you know, like basically, yeah, you have your powers, but then you also have other things. It's like with, uh, with Daisy being able to fight even with the suppressors on, you know, you still have to be able to defend yourself no matter what, mm. you know? So I, I, I mean, that was, that was my thought on it was that, you know, you can't, you can't always rely on, on, not that you don't want to say you can't always rely on your powers, but you never know what's going to happen that you can't use them. So you still have to be able to defend yourself in some way. And, you know, especially because well, I mean, he can't, so he has no eyes, but how does he know where he's at? Well, we saw in, um, in an earlier episode, there was a flashback where basically he, after he went through the, Terragenesis process he basically kept zipping around in and out of the the one room and and what have you and uh not that there aren't others but um they all like part of the concept is not everyone that's in afterlife has gone through the Terragenesis process uh Lincoln tells um sky that at one point because there a lot of them are also before they find out that Ying is sky's mother a lot of them are uh impressed that Ying takes a particular interest in helping uh sky figure out her powers and how to use them because she doesn't really do that for anyone because all that's that's part of the thing is that all of their powers are unique and they they can guide them with use the use the powers for good and not evil and whatnot but they there's not really like a way to sort of yeah because it, it's not like their, it's their not powers. like you have somebody who has exactly the same powers as you and they say look to your left and and turn to your right and this is what you're going to do there isn't. Yeah, it's not like it's not like being good at yeah, you not, know like some people have a natural ability you know you throw them a ball and they catch it and they can throw it back and it's just like oh wow you're gonna you know you're gonna be a baseball player let me let me hone that skill yeah that you that you're that you clearly have you yeah, know it's not, it's, like, it's not, it's not like even that. it's not even like you know you're left-handed so we're gonna teach you to do this this is how left-handed people do this you know right or right. whatever 
it's yeah hey everyone it's james recurring guest on paul and all just taking the time out here to let you know about a special bonus episode of paul and all available right now on content club in it paul and i discuss a failed pilot how i met your dad we were prepared for how i met your father yes there are two different shows this episode will never be released in the main feed, so go check it out right now at Content Club, only at patreon.com forward slash clock shelves. Thank you. So, um, um, but yeah, it just always, and I don't understand how he knows, you know, where, like, where things are and, you know, whatever. It, it I mean, just, he's looking right at people when he's talking to them, too. Yes. But I mean, I know that blind, I know blind people who do that because they're spatially aware by the way that sounds come and stuff. But it, it just, I don't know, it just seems weird. Like, especially because he's jumping around in that room and is literally fighting them, you know. But then again, he, we obviously know that he's not spoken too- like someone who didn't watch Daredevil. <laughs> but he's also, but see, Daredevil has eyes. So, Theoretically, I know that there's more that goes on with that, um, but we know that he's not completely spatially aware because that's how he dies, right? Yeah. So there is that. Well, the with with regards to that, the one thing I like, and I, I said it earlier, was the fact that um, you know, because we basically we we see that the plan by the Inhumans, at least those within Jaying's like inner circle, excuse me, is to um, you know release the the Terrigen Mist on Shield and whatnot, and then maybe other people as well to unlock anyone that is uh, an Inhuman. And kill anybody and who isn't. Kill, right. Yeah. And so Gordon is going to like throw the the crystal and Coulson catches it and his hand starts to turn to stone. And without skipping a beat, Mac just axes his hand off. Yep. And that was like the commercial break moment. And I, I, rem- I, even though, again, even though I knew it happened at some point, I didn't remember that it happened here, but when it happened, I was like, oh, like, I, cause I was not even, even knowing I was not expecting that this time. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I, there was something in my notes that I was impressed. So when they go after, um, after Jaying kills Gonzalez and they're, they're taking the one plane on into into afterlife right um i thought it was very impressive that the first person out of the plane was colson did you notice that because that's the that's the difference between a leader and a boss basically yeah but it was like you know pretty much he you know got the gun loaded and he's like all right let's go and he went first You know, and it was sort of like, follow me as opposed to you guys go clear the thing and then I'll come out and shake hands and pose for pictures, you know. Um, But yeah, I, you know, that's that's always impressive when when it's the, you know, that's how, you know, you you can trust your commander when they walk into the fray with you. And they don't send you. Yeah. 
Um, I, it sounds terrible. I I wanna I wanna say something about the the Ward storyline, you know. Like I wanna I wanna you know kind of make sure that we that we wrap that up, at least for this season. But I just I I said before it feels like they're just sort of making things up for him to keep that character around and you know he he and agent 33 took bobby hostage and then they set her up so that um you know because she won't she won't crack no matter what they do no matter what try you know they try to they try to inject her with all sorts of uh whatever compounds and things well they that put will... pins under her they they drugged her and then put pins and and nails under her fingernails and yeah. and then when the anesthetic wore off then it all hits you at once because right. they knew if they did it one at a time she would be able to block it but the idea was that if it was there and then it all came back at once that would break her right you know, and I, I, I love her line that no matter what I may say because of the pain, know now that I don't mean a word of it. You know, I'm because yeah. he they wanted her to apologize. You may hear the words from me, but I don't. Mean it. You know, yeah. and, you know, that was it was interesting. Now, do you think that was this their way to get rid of of uh, Bobby and Hunter? Like to, so, to set up, to set up for them. Do we not see yeah. them again? No, no, no. That's what I was. I was just going to answer that. So we we do. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, folks. We do find out they 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 come back. Um, at some point, I don't remember if they if it's right off the bat in in season three. Um, but I believe it was in season three they started. Um discussing a potential spin-off of those two characters and then at a certain point they do leave i think it's maybe part way through season three or whatever those two characters do leave uh because the concept was they were going to get their own spin-off series that actually didn't go forward which we will we will get there we will talk about that because i have i actually have some stuff on that as well um but i don't i think that a lot of this what for them for for bobby and and hunter i think it was um stuff to kind of set up hey could these two have stories on their own well i think some of Not it was to show them that they the still spot. cared about each other too you know because they yeah. go back and forth with the whatever nonsense right but i don't i don't think this was their way to get to, to have those characters be gone. Well, no, but I meant I think to it was set more, it up, you know, like the fact that I think, yeah, I think because, it was more because she's pretty like, much like, we can't keep doing this. You know, like she, she says that, you know, we, we, we can't go on like this. Right. I think it, yeah, I think it was more, and you see it, um, in, in other shows as well, when people talk about, you know, oh, this character, you know, might get, a spin-off. Like sometimes they do things as like a backdoor pilot. Sometimes they'll see if two characters uh you know, maybe there's there's discussions of if a character could spin off and is anybody else going to leave with them? Well, let's see if they, you know, 
let's give them like the A storyline of the week. Yeah, what's you know, the what's see... the chemistry between them? Can they carry right. a whole can they carry a whole thing? Right. And I think this was sort of maybe not that exactly, but I think this was kind of pushing towards that, you know, where they're kind of off doing their own thing yet again, because for the most part um, in this season, because of Bobby being duplicitous twice over, actually, she was very much involved with a lot of the the main you know, shield versus shield storyline. And so, um, you know, to, to sort of give, and, and then Hunter was sort of there as well. But I think this was sort of to get them away from almost everybody else. With regards to Ward, we do what I was, what happens is they, they decide that they're going to set Bobby up, and basically be there on, on one side of the door with a gun pointing towards the door so that whoever came through to finally save her eventually would get shot and she would see it and feel guilty and whatnot. Um, she ends up putting herself in the way um, as as uh, Hunter gets there. Um, and then the way that we kind of leave Ward is he's going to Surprise, surprise, seemingly reform Hydra. Well, I, I, sorry, real quick before that, I think the way that May managed to take out 33 was pretty Im- impressive. Because she tells, so they know that somebody was uh, not answering their calls, right? So they knew somebody had the, had the communication thing. So May says, I'm going to this place. Meet me there. Right. So 33 was there. She heard that. She goes to wherever that is. With the May mask on. And Ward kills her. Because he thinks it's May. So pretty much he got. Uh, May got Ward to take out 33. Yeah. Which was pretty ingenious because the other one, the the whoever was with May says, there's only like, you know, us. <laughs> and she's like, I know, you know, because she knew that, that whoever was there was going to be listening and yeah. they would both head to wherever it was that they were. Oh, he, he said, he said the only other person is Hunter. You know, and he knew that they knew that Hunter wasn't going to go wherever because he was looking for Bobby. So it, I, I, I don't know. I just thought that was I thought that was interesting that that she, you know, pretty much got him to do the dirty work for her. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I think you're absolutely right. And it and it it goes back to what we were talking about before, where it's personal for May mm-hmm. on both fronts. One, because yep. of the history with Ward and two, because agent 33 is wearing you know, her constantly face, <laughs> using her face. Yep. And so it's, it is personal for her. So for her to be the one that sort of masterminds that, and then, you know, has, has it be not just, 
you know, has it be Ward that does it, but now add, that adds another layer to the Ward and May. Yep. Uh, you know, animosity. History. Yeah, animosity. Yeah. Okay, so now, now, so Ward goes off, and he's in the bar, and he's feeling sorry for himself. And it's just, you know, he's he's once again gonna sort of reform Hydra, and and they tell him, but there isn't anybody left. You know, it doesn't really make sense that he would reform Hydra since he was only ever loyal to uh, Bill Paxson, and he wasn't even loyal to Shield himself. I mean, he wasn't even loyal to Hydra himself. Yep. So it it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me it, it it does because he doesn't he doesn't care about hydra he cares about the power that comes with the name he cares about the assets that come with it because he has a vendetta now and so by using the hydra name he can um create his own agenda it doesn't have to be hydra's agenda but nobody that's under him has to know that I'm just so sick, and Liam, we talked about this a few times earlier in this season that we've, been, you know, that we've been going through it. I'm just so sick of Hydra's gone, then they're back, then they're gone, then they're back, then they're gone. And I get the whole concept of, you know, destroy one head, another two will rise and whatnot. But like, enough at already. A certain <laughs> point, yeah, at a certain point. We have to, and even in the even in the film, they say, they're they in in the beginning of of uh, Age of Ultron, because part of Theta Protocol was that, uh, you know, anything that they that Shield Coulson's Shield couldn't like handle theoretically, he passes off to Maria Hill. We see that. That's how. Th that's the setup to the beginning of the the Age of Ultron film as they're going at you know after Loki's scepter at you know with uh Strucker and I believe they say something about like all right we're you know getting the remnants of you know this is the last Hydra such and such and and I get it you know Batman always needs the Joker and you know whatever but does shield only ever have to battle hydra like why can't there be another you know group or something it just feels like they just keep going back to that well in case you didn't know we are trying to get back into the gist of doing some lost with friends episodes about once a month um of course available early and uninterrupted over at content club um but we're looking at doing things like covering deleted scenes, certain character arcs, and, uh, you know, various uh, discussions about all sorts of bonus sort of topics with regards to Lost. Of course, as many of you may know, Lost is what brought myself and various friends that uh, appear on these podcasts together it was uh, one of the flagship shows for such a long time and realizing how important it was uh, and not being ready to remember, let go, and move on. 
we had to go back. So we are trying to get back into the swing of doing Lost with Friends about once a month. Uh, so uh, we've been behind a little bit, I will admit, uh, but we are trying to get back into that, like I said, available early and uninterrupted over on Content Club. And then, uh, uh, again, in the main Lost with Friends feed. So go check that out. There's a few episodes available right now that you can go check out. Bonus episodes of Lost with Friends from Clockshelves Entertainment. And it's I, I'm it, I'm just sick of it. <laughs> you know, two seasons. Well, no, but I mean like two Oh no, seasons. I agree. I just think it's funny. You know, it's it's the whole well because a lot of it is when these when the comics were written, you know, it went from fighting the Nazis to fighting the Cold War. You know, so you went from Nazis to communists. They it wasn't the same, but it was the same. You know, it was the USA against the against the the evil others. And so they just named their evil others Hydra. And so in in different circumstances, Hydra has a has multiple agendas because of the multiple heads. <clears throat> but it's still the same. Um, the same evil empire, you know? Right. Oh, in my head, all I, and at, there's probably going to be like two people that get this. You just said that, and all I heard is laughing all the way to the bank. There's probably going to be two people in the entire world that <laughs> that listen to this that get that reference. But, um, but just like there are, we okay, we find out later, and we know in the comics that there are other agencies other than shield we you know there's in the comics there's sword which we see later on much 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 later of course uh in the mcu there's sword and you know whatever like why why is it oh and i i get what you said mom and i think you're right it's you know there's a lot of power that comes with that name but it just we've we've dist and and Liam and I talked about it a few times over the course of of season 2 how many times are we going to destroy the final leader of hydra and all because go ahead uh, i mean you're mentioning other organizations honestly they should just do stuff do more stuff with aim i feel like yeah when you look at like uh some of these like Avengers animated shows or whatever, you know, even comics, whenever they're going for like bad organization for Avengers to fight, they usually go with aim. Aim is a much more like modern day uh, organization enemy for people to fight. You know, Hy Hydra has the origins in a well and winter soldier as kind of like still being around. But I just think, it would almost have made more sense if, like, you honestly, you ended Hydra in, you know, Winter Soldier, and maybe, you know, you continued the ending of Hydra in Season 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then AIM can kind of, like, rise from the ashes or, you know, fill the power vacuum that that Hydra had left. A hundred percent. Now, I know they did do AIM in Iron Man 3, but there are, like, there are other organizations that you could that you could easily do i mean you could absolutely bring aim back anyway because 
we know that, like I said, at the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it was the Centipede Project just being used by, I don't even remember what, if they had a, an official name or whatever, with the, you know, that they were developing against, uh, or to, to um, what you call it, with, uh, with Deathlock. But, you know, you could, you could easily do that or, like, they use, they use all of these names as, like, subtle little, you know, winks to the, to the hardcore comics audience of, like, oh my gosh, they, they name dropped this character and I know that, and we've talked about some of those in the past, they could easily just use another one of those and maybe bring some more awareness to it to you know raise the profile of the of the comic book part of it too yeah. but does um, does disney want to do they i mean i know that that they're it's all tied together but do they want to let some of the money go in another direction or do they want to keep everybody watching the movies and not go into the comics it used to be, financially speaking, the films at this point make more than the comics. For sure. Films, TV series, what have you, make more than the comics. It used to be, oh, I'm a f I've read those comics, oh, now I could watch the live action thing. The rumor and whatever years back, as a quick aside, I'll just go into this. The rumor years back was that Marvel Comics stopped production on Fantastic Four, the comic book, which was, I think, because, you know, the Fantastic Four is often referred to as the first first family of Marvel. It was, uh, it was like, Namor the Submariner and I think the Human Torch were two of the first, uh, like, comic characters that, I mean, obviously Captain America came first and whatnot, but like then, you know, when Stan Lee sort of started doing all sorts of stuff, I believe it was um, the Fantastic Four was like the first, you know, when he was just like, screw this, I'm going to do this because I don't even know if this is all going to last anyway and I'm going to write what I want to write sort of de deal. And he, he talked about that many times. Um, but they stopped production, Marvel Comics stopped production on the Fantastic Four uh, comic book line and the rumor was one oh well they're just doing it because then when they reboot it it'll drive up sales and whatnot because it'll be a new number one and we can find out why they stopped whatever and the other rumor was that because i don't know if it was ever confirmed but basically they didn't want to be publishing comics that would be advertising for a film franchise that they didn't own Hi friends, this is Ruth from Just Plain Crazy Face Art of Northeast Pennsylvania. We are now accepting bookings for birthday parties as well as festivals. We offer face painting, glitter tattoos, as well as henna body art. We also offer the option of adding games or crafts to your party as well. Please check out our party services page on our website, JustPlainCrazyFaceArt.com. Our face painting is done with water-based cosmetic products that are easily removed with soap and water. Let us use our 18 plus years in business to help you add color and fun to your event. 
We also have a large network of talented face art friends around the world. So even if we're not local to you, we probably know artists who are. Feel free to contact us to put you in touch with artists in your area. And there was a rumor for a long time that that was going to be the same with regards to merchandise of the X-Men. Now, Wolverine, different. But when they would reissue certain things, whether it be digitally or as a trade paperback or what have you, where the Marvel Comics logo in the upper corner, you know, Spider-Man has, you know, it would say like Marvel Comics, and then it might have the little Spider-Man face, or it might have the little Wolverine face or whatever, or the Hulk, you know, so on and so forth, because those are the most even you know pre-films and everything those were the most recognizable characters spider-man pretty much always has been wolverine has been hulk because of the you know lou ferrigno tv series because they they pre john favreau's iron man they really couldn't say iron man they you know they, to, to use as like because he was like a b maybe c character same with Captain America. Everybody knows the name, but if they had put that little figure in the in the the logo, it wouldn't. Not everybody would know it like they would know Spider Man, Wolverine, or the Hulk. At a certain point, when they started reissuing certain things, what where the the Wolverine like head or face or what have you was, they decided to put. Iron Man or Captain America or, you know, one of the other characters, Thor, you know, something like that, that theoretically Marvel has now brought into the forefront and it's a character that Marvel Comics and Marvel Studios can do something with. Because why would we give promotion to a character that we don't make a certain aspect of money from at the time Wolverine X-Men 20th Century Fox. So much like I've said before about this rumored, you know, friction between the film and TV sides of the MCU, there was rumored friction of stuff between the comic book side and anything that wasn't, owned by Marvel Studios or licensed by Spider-Man because they worked out the deal that they would that they you know that they were kind of taking away from that because then to kind of answer your question people see the movies and they have an idea of oh there's the comic books and whatnot maybe I'll get into you know maybe now I'll go check those out well, if you suddenly start to see, well, okay, the Iron Man film came out, the Captain America film came out, the Thor film came out, now those comic sales are going up, the X-Men were already up because X-Men's always been popular, so now the new X-Men movie's out, so now those sales of those comics go even higher. But if you have an Iron Man movie and then Iron Man comics goes up, that's good for everybody. So I don't think it would matter... If the Disney, whatever, we'll use Disney, Disney as the umbrella. I don't think it would matter for Disney because they're not mentioning Hydra, but those Captain America comics where they're constantly battling Hydra are going to go well. But now this other one where they say, oh, wait, AIM? Well, just, just using Liam's example. Oh, AIM is the villain in this? They talk about that on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
So now I'm going to, you know, whoever, Ant-Man, let's just say, oh, he's, he's, his big thing is AIM? Oh, well, maybe let's check that out because they mentioned them on the TV shows. I also know he has a film coming out soon. Again, at this, you know, going with the logic of this time. So it drives up sales for everybody. I, that's how I think that they would think about it. And you mentioned Ant-Man. That brings up another another thing. We've gone to Ant-Man, right? Or no? What's that? Has, has Ant-Man, Ant-Man, is, Ant-Man is next. Ant-Man is right after this. Oh. Uh, okay, well, the Ant-Man bring, brings back an organization briefly that's been in the MCU before that you could have brought back for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. I don't know if you want me to say any more. No. Well, you could, I mean, you can. You give them a little tease because uh, I believe, I'm 99% sure it's right after this podcast is going to be the Ant-Man uh, podcast. I'm not going to reveal who's on there, but uh, I'm, I'm very excited to uh, to do that episode. Go ahead, give them a little tease. Well, I guess it's not a, a huge spoiler, but there is a representative of the Ten Rings in Ant-Man, who we haven't seen since, I think, just Iron Man 1. Oh, no, no. Ten Rings was in Iron Man 3 as well. But yeah, they yeah. could have they could have used Ten Rings in this as well, explored that a little bit. I mean, you had the, uh, the one-shot... I don't know if that yep. happened yet, but it did. It did. Okay. I, I I covered that one with Jake. Yeah, that did happen. So, so that's just another organization that's that admittedly has had a bigger impact on the MCU than AIM has, because AIM was a very minor part of of Iron Man three. Right, but the point is, overall, they didn't. They don't have to keep bringing. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be like the Joker for Batman. You know, and that was sort of the, not to go off on on another comic book, you know, film franchise, but that was one of the things I think people really liked about the concept of Batman Begins is we didn't introduce the Joker right away. You know what I mean? Because you know the Batman at the Batman sixty uh, six series, the Joker, Batman nineteen eighty nine, boom, right off the bat with the Joker. And then Batman Begins happened, and we build to the Joker. And it feels like every time after Captain America the Winter Soldier, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has an enemy, somehow, some way, they're going to tie back into to Hydra. Yeah. Um, the other, really, I mean, with regards to SOS, personally... I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about, but the only two things that I wanted to like really touch on were um, the two things that I that I remembered happening in this in this episode. One being the fact that after everything, uh, Cal on orders from Coulson, uh, Cal you gets the Tahiti protocol used on him. Because basically they find out that that serum that he was taking is uh, is killing him. And so Coulson resurrects the Tahiti Project 
to uh, give Cal a new life, take you know, take away his his old memories and give him a new life as a as a veterinarian. And he's a doctor, and he gets to see uh, Sky. She calls herself Daisy, and you know he's he talks to her. He's like, oh, you know, I'd love to see you around, whatever. But he doesn't know who she is. Yep. But that was a nice kind of wholesome moment there. Yep. Were you gonna say something? Me? Yeah. No, I, no, I just, I, it was, a, yeah, it was very nice. Um, they don't mention that that he used a Tahiti program on him. At that, at that. Yeah, when when they're when uh, Sky and Coulson are at Coulson's car, she says, "I know you don't, you know, something along the lines of, I know you didn't like the Tahiti program, but I, you know, something about like I thank you for using okay. it." Yeah, because I didn't think I didn't think that they that 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 was the the way that they did that to him, but it's interesting that you know he he's he's there with her, but like I think she I think she sees him again or something, but he doesn't remember her, you know. Um, I I I want it, to. It's interesting that he worked with Coulson to to take out Jaying. Well, not that he worked with Coulson, but he, you know, pretty much said to Coulson, you know, let me do this, you know, and um, it's interesting the way that he killed her. Right. Which for foreshadowing of something that happens in the future. Just a reminder that if you are enjoying these episodes but don't necessarily want all of these interruptions and advertisement-type breaks, you can get the episodes early and uninterrupted over at Content Club. Uh, That is patreon.com slash clockshelves, where you get, of course, early uninterrupted versions of MCU and Me, Paul and All, Lost with Friends, you get uh, some exclusive stuff. You get some uh, promotional material early before even the social medias get it. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, throw some dough if you choose to do so. Very affordable tiers for the great content that you love. It is a great way to pass the time. And it's a great way to keep the mics and lights on. Because when he kills her, he doesn't just... He, he completely destroys her. You know what I mean? Like he, he breaks her back to yeah. kill her. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of foreshadowing for something that happens later on, which I never realized that, that that's what happened to her in this situation, you know, and seeing it then reminded me, we also didn't talk about, the what happened on the deck of the ship no um i was gonna get there with uh okay sorry so actually it's it's three things i should i should say it is three things that i that i remembered um in uh in this episode the the thing with with um with cal being one of them. Um, I'm trying to find... There's something I'm trying to look up here very quickly. Uh, so, yeah, I found the, I found a transcript of, of SOS. She, uh, 
he says, just ask for Dr. Winslow. I'm sorry, and you are? She says, Daisy. He says, that's a lovely name. Remember, a house is not a home without a pet. And then uh, uh, Sky walks over and says, thank you for doing that for him. I know aspects of the Tahiti program don't sit well with you. And Coulson says, this does. He has a lot to give and now a way to give it. And then they, t and then that's when he, that's when Coulson presents her with the concept that she, she, Sky, is going to now control the, or she's basically tasked with indexing people because she, as of right now, she's the only one on the index. Right. Um, the, another thing that I, that I remembered, this was the third one, so I'll get back to the second one in a moment, but the third one um being the fallout of what you were talking about what happened on the deck where basically uh Jaying is going to um um kill sky to benefit herself and it kind of goes along with what you were talking about earlier mom about how um Jaying at a certain point, you know, made Cal prove himself over and over again when really she was just manipulating him and whatever. And it just went, it goes to show that she didn't care about anybody but herself. Whereas Cal proves that for real, everything he was doing was for his wife and daughter. And the fact that Jaying is willing to kill their daughter to further her own, you know, evil whatever. Yeah. yeah, that that shows the big difference between the two of them as as well. Yeah, I mean, I, as characters. I, I, well, I think at at that point he realizes that the woman that he loved died in that experiment in that experimentation room. You know that the whatever he brought back was not her. You know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, that was... Okay. All right, what was your um, other thing? Well, no. Well, so the, 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 the aspect of that being that um, she, Jaying, is trying to get all of the Terrigen crystals so that they, you know... I don't know if they say what her plan is to do with them other than just to sort of unleash them. Um, but then they get knocked into the ocean because Cal, Cal, like you said, you know, takes out Jaying and, and saves Sky. Um, but then the Terrigen crystals get knocked into the ocean. And then we see, you know, towards the, the very end that they're being released. The, the mist is basically being released into the water and then into the fish and then the fish are being caught, and then the fish, the caught fish are being processed, and you know, becoming uh, fish oil pills. Which is ironic because I take them, and it's like, um, and that's uh, why I don't take them. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know that. That's it's been a joke with like my own joke in my head ever since this all those years ago. That that's why I don't take them. Yeah, well, that's funny um, because your dad's the one that got me started on them. So yeah, that's you know ironic. Um, and then of course that, I think within like the first few moments of season three, that pays off. 
Um, but during the uh, the infiltration of S.H.I.E.L.D. by the Inhumans, um, the, uh, the, the monolith becomes sort of the focus. And, you know, we, we see that there's going to be some experiments, you know, run on it, whatnot. And then Fitz awkwardly finally <laughs> finally awkwardly yes but finally gets up the courage to ask uh simmons out on a date and then she gets scooped up gets into, into the monolith the, into the monolith and that was the other thing that i that i specifically remembered that that was sort of the cliffhanger yeah that this uh ended on i will I have say a couple... oh I, I will no, say, I will say, because I, I might not be able to talk too much about it, you know, because I'm not going to be in for season three. Uh, but I do like how they, uh, w where they take that, you know, with Simmons. Hello, everyone. You are currently listening to MCU and me on the main podcast feed where we're getting ready to finish up phase two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, right now, over at Content Club, of course, you can get ahead on Phase 3, which includes the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3, Season 1 of Jessica Jones upcoming. Uh, upcoming episodes also include Season Carter season carter agent carter season two my apologies and daredevil season two and so much more uh for one low price you get all of those episodes early and uninterrupted before they come out here on the regular podcast feed you also get episodes of Paul and all you also get episodes of Buffyverse and converse and you get episodes of some of our content club exclusive shows all for that one low price every month so make sure you go check it out get all of these episodes for MCU and me and more early over at content club I, I like where they take that in season three almost you know it, I, I, I might like it more I, I'm trying not to say a specific thing but me liking it is kind of like against fits in a way oh you, okay I know what you're talking about yeah, wait yeah, you yeah. don't like fits well, I mean, I, I, I like no. I, I, I do like Fitz as a character. No, but what gets what gets set up? Well, no, I, yeah, I understand that. But I'm just saying I just I wasn't sure that because I mean, we know that he didn't like the, the Ultron thing. So I wasn't sure, you know, if there was if there was something that I missed that, you know, there was a reason that he didn't uh, that he well, didn't. To like. be fair, though, I do. I do know Liam is of the opinion that the characters of Fitz and Simmons, I don't know how to say it, Liam. You can, there are a lot of times where you feel they're not both needed, right? Yeah, Cause... it feels a little, <laughs> it feels a little uh, redundant, maybe. Like I was actually going to use that word too. That's really well. Funny. <laughs> I think that's the idea is the fact that that you know a lot of times 
they it's Fitz and Simmons and they just call them Fitzsimmons because they're basically two halves of, of one whole. And I, I no, it, we and we we've we've talked about this and I, I think Ellsworth kind of said the same thing once before, but I think Liam's thing is so you have Colson, right? Like on a team, like mm-hmm. each person excuse me, each person has their role, right? So Colson is the leader, he's also the like he's very intelligent with things right but he's the leader okay you have may who is the 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 badass she's yeah right she's gonna go in and she's gonna take charge you have sky who's just learning but also has hacking skills and then you have you know the science one but in this there's two but But then even in the wait but then even in the beginning of this you also had ward and Ward was very similar to May, and and I and I agree with with to to a certain extent I agree with Liam's sort of thing of they didn't need in theory they didn't need both Ward and May because their character types they're you know like the 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 badass if you want to just label everybody with like a thing where there's like the science one the badass one the hacker one one may right, but, and ward very but, similar but, you don't need two but see, Fitz simmons you don't need two but the thing with Fitz and simmons is the fact that Gemma is uh biology and and Fitz is technology so I they're get not that. But I, I, and I, I understand and, and that. And they are two but, different things. I mean, yeah, they work together a lot, but there is a big difference between. I'm not saying there isn't, but like I said, it's, it's It just seems redundant. I get it. I get it. Them, you got one, it. It's the science one. But then again. Know? Like, it, like even like you look at, you look at the original Star Trek. Uh, 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 did, did, you've, got, you've got a doctor and you've got the scientist. I was just going to say. You had Mr. Spock and you had Bones McCoy. One, they were opposites. They didn't agree on pretty much anything ever. So that definitely drives your wedge there. But because Spock was also, you know, half human, but basically he, he turned off or tried to turn off his human side, that gave him another, you know, like layer to that character he was the second in command that was more of his role was the second in command stoic emotionless one i would argue infinitely more than he was the science one i guess i i just think that with with fitz and simmons the idea is that it is two halves to a whole and the the fact that they complement each other and because they disagree and because they were because they were laying groundwork. I'm not saying that I, 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 I'm not saying I agree with Liam on they don't need to be there. I'm just saying because I know you have you, you may not necessarily know this, but that sort of Liam's thing. And Liam, correct me if I'm wrong in anything that I'm saying that I'm attributing to you, but I believe that is sort of your point of view of because they are too similar. If it was if it was a, a Bones versus Spock sort of thing where they were butting heads a lot and they you know they they like the odd couple where they oh they're butting heads but they have to coexist in the same lab what's gonna happen yuck 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 that might have been at least more interesting but because they're constantly 
finishing each other's sentences and all of those things, it, it in a way, kind of makes their character one at least one of their characters sort of redundant yeah i think a, a way you could have gotten around that and you mentioned star trek i think i think if you did either one of those things like because even if spock and mccrory were similar personality wise again i'm not completely familiar with star trek i've seen three movies and probably not the ones anyone thinks uh but mccrory is like a medical Doctor, so I think even if you you still wanted to have Fitz and Simmons to be you know s- somewhat similar in personality, if you at least made them a, a medic, if, you know made one of them like a medic, someone who could heal you up, and have the other be the sciency side of things. But, but, well, that, think, but that's think, what they are. I think Simmons has part of that. I don't think she, that's. But she's but she's more science than she is medical. She I can guess. do medical. I, but she's I, more... I, I see your I see your point. I, I see I see your point, but. You know, some of it is, you know, because it's lays groundwork for other things. And even the fact that when she was gone and Fitz imagined her. Like I said, I I totally agree. I like the dynamic. I I was simply stating, and especially to, to tag up on what he said, what Liam was saying and he was kind of hinting at towards season three, the the storyline that gets introduced in and we will, you know, Folks out there listening, if you don't know, we will get into it, I promise. But um, the storyline that gets introduced in Season 3, I could totally understand what Liam is saying when he says the storyline, and he likes it, and in a way, it is kind of an anti-Fitz storyline. Yep. Um, So, go ahead. uh, One last thing to say about this, because... you can easily just have – I know technically they are two different types of scientists, but the MCU has really had no problem uh, just kind of saying scientist and that being you know, capable of almost anything. Because I was, I was watching Age of Ultron and thinking about it. We didn't mention it. But Bruce Banner, like what does he know? Like does he just know everything? Because in you know, Incredible Hulk, he's a scientist working on like gamma radiation – and now Age of Ultron, he's making artificial intelligence. Does he just know well, everything? Well, they, they do the same thing with Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony Stark just knows everything and, and can create everything and, and whatever. Because, yeah, they, they just they use scientist as an umbrella term. If you know science, that means it's not it's not like, you know, somebody who, you know, they, their focus is on chemistry or their focus is on the medical aspect of it or whatever they're just just they're a scientist and we need them to speak scientist talk yeah (laughs) it's like saying someone is a musician that means they could play every instrument whatever we need them to play this week that's what they're gonna play hey folks for the last bit of this episode we're actually going to present it to you completely uninterrupted of course, as mentioned previously, you could get this episode and all other episodes of Clock Shelves Entertainment Podcasts early and uninterrupted over at Content Club. This is the last uh, little interruption for this episode, uh, but again, you could have gotten it early and uninterrupted in full over at Content Club. That's patreon.com slash clockshelves. So I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Okay, so what else do we got? I have a couple things. 
that I noticed that I wonder if either of you noticed. Well, first of all, one of them is funny because I know Paul didn't notice because I asked him. Liam, have you seen uh, the thing on TikTok where they talk about how guys put on chapstick? I may have. You know, it's like they purse their lips and they put chapstick on. Well, at the be- now this is going way back before this whole thing was a thing. I was watching and one of the, oh my gosh, who are they, Paul? I have no idea. The Panopal? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so in the beginning of that, he puts chapstick on, and he doesn't put it on like the whole TikTok thing where they, you know, purse their lips and smoosh it on. The other yeah, there's thing... This whole, there's this whole thing. I'm just... Sorry, very quickly. There's this whole thing about how men and women put chapstick on differently. Women put chapstick on as if they're putting lipstick on. They spread the lips out so that it gets, you know, over every inch, whereas guys do almost like a like a faux kissing face and they just quickly they just suck their lips they literally suck their lips in and do it and it's funny because i watched somebody and they were like you know even um people who don't and they they handed it to their three-year-old and he put it on in the same way as he didn't see his dad do it but he put it on the same way and it was like it's the guy thing versus the girl thing it was just it was just humorous to me that right after that I saw that thing with Patton Oswald, how he put it on. The other thing is, at the end, when we see May go to leave, right? Because she's going off on, you know, she's taking time off, which is totally un-May-like. Did you notice what her locker number was? I did not. Liam? Was it... Was it 33? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was very ironic that that that, you know, that played into, you know, like after everything. And I, and I wondered why they showed it, but it was like, hmm, you know, it wasn't just that they showed the closed locker because it had a number on it. And I just thought that that was interesting, that that was the, the locker that they, you know, gave her or she took for herself or whatever was that, you know, she was going off to find herself, and that's what she was leaving. She was leaving the 33 behind. I did not catch that at all. Um, I don't know if we have anything else on these two episodes. Three, well, three, I guess, technically, episodes. Um, a little uh, production sort of notes from Wikipedia as I tend to do. So the episode Scars was written by Rafe, or I would assume Rafe, Judkins and Lauren LaFranc, or LaFranc. Um, Rafe Judkins has worked on things like Chuck. Um, He says he's best known as the showrunner for the Amazon original series The Wheel of Time. Um... Uh, it, the episode was directed by Bobby Roth, who is a prolific uh, television director. I, I couldn't even begin to list all the credits uh, that he's that he's had. Um, the cinematic universe tie-ins section on Wikipedia specifically says, uh, following the events of the Dirty Half Dozen leading up to the opening scene of the film Avengers: Age of Ultron, this deals with the aftermath of the film, containing quote plot threads and other connective tissue unquote with it 
Now, this is the part I thought this was interesting, and I didn't read this until I was kind of opening up the page and I saw this. Um, comparing this tie-in to first season tie-in to Captain America the Winter Soldier, executive producer Jeffrey Bell said, quote, Our stories have to stand on their own. We're not getting blown up like we were last year with Hydra and Captain America, but some elements or some things from the movie do affect some of the relationships in our episodes moving forward in an interesting and constructive manner, unquote. And we kind of talked about that earlier. Again, I hadn't seen that quote, and you know, while when even, you know, within this podcast episode while we were talking about it. But, um... It is interesting that they that they knew that it wasn't going to be as big of a fallout like Winter Soldier was, that they were kind of treating it more like they did with uh, Thor, where it's like, we are going to talk about it, you know, and whatnot. And obviously, uh, the index part of it is probably going to play much more into um, the Captain America film that's coming up. But I think it's interesting that they that they kind of did that on purpose. Um, as with many other episodes of the show so far, both season one and season two, um, Marvel once again ran the Art of Initiative, uh, in which, and I'm going to read directly from the Wikipedia page, so forgive me, uh, in which an image was released the Thursday before the episode aired, depicting a first look at a key event from the upcoming episode, with the season's title being The Art of Evolution. The different artists were once again chosen to create the teaser posters based on their previous work and how it connected to the themes and emotion of the intended episode. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this person's name correctly, but Marguerite Salvage provided the poster for Scars, which prominently features Ying and her scars in a way that the series cannot do with special effects, while also depicting Sky near the former's stomach to cement the maternal connection between them. We've talked about it before with Kevin um, and Ellsworth, but, mo I mean, obviously Kevin is huge into a lot of the artwork, things like that. Um, so if, if you haven't listened before, go check out where we talk about that sort of stuff. But um, definitely go check out the Wikipedia articles or wherever you can get... Um, this artwork because it's really fantastic um, to see. For the episode uh, SOS um, parts 1 and 2 uh, so part 1 is credited to Jeffrey Bell as the writer and Vincent Missiano as the director Jeffrey Bell of course as we've talked about before, prolific TV writer worked on um, The X-Files, worked on the final few seasons of Angel um, and many other things, uh, co-showrunner on this show, uh, along with the two people credited as writing the second half, which is Jed Whedon and Marissa Tankerowen. Again, prolific TV writers. Uh, this episode, uh, part two, was directed by Billy Gearhart, who has also directed uh, several TV-related things, especially episode, many episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and a lot of your, uh, you know, standard sort of genre affair. Um... The, uh, there's a writing section specifically for this um, on the Wikipedia page. Um, 
and I'll just I'll just read right from there if, if you don't mind. It says on how the different storylines throughout the series lead up to this point. Executive producer Jeffrey Bell stated that quote the challenge that we keep seeing is keeping it fresh so it doesn't feel like the same piece of story all season. You want to find a way to mix it up. If this was an HBO show, this would be season four. Oh, that's kind of funny. Sorry, I just want to take a moment. That's kind of funny because Liam yeah, that made is. that comment. Um, this would be season four and you could look back and go, well, the first season introduced these characters. The second season was more of, oh, Hydra's in S.H.I.E.L.D. And the third one is Sky becoming a superhero and then getting to the middle of this season. And now we're sort of getting into this inhuman world. We've tried to make the flavoring different. We've tried to tell different stories with different combinations of the same people. So it doesn't feel like you're getting different versions of the same story every week, unquote. Now, I I do disagree with that on the Hydra front. I just want to say on the Hydra front, I, will, I, I disagree with that. I kind of said that my piece on that before um bell also discussed the end tag of the episode where simmons is consumed by the kree monolith weapon saying quote when we first started talking about the monolith we knew that it needed to present a threat and we needed to demonstrate some of that threat and the promise of more story because this is going to shock you we want more people to watch next year because we like when people watch our show. It's easy to kill a character for shock value or whatever, and we did have a number of deaths this season, but I don't think they were so much for shock value as the hopefully understandable logic of the characters and the stories. We prefer to leave you with something, something to talk about, to walk away with. This is something that came up in the room. We talked about what it meant, the idea of getting Fitz and Simmons, who had been one person, to become two whole people, come back together, agree to go on a date, and then have this happen. Felt beautifully poetic and promises some really intriguing stories next season, which is really what it's all about. Well, that's interesting that, sorry, that's interesting that they talk about the fact, they admit the fact that, you know, Fitz and Simmons were one person, and then they were off in separate places and became two different people to come back together to only to be ripped apart again. You know, like they acknowledge yes. the fact that it was one person, but it was for a purpose. You know, because it was also, to, to feed the story. I also like the fact that they, you know, they said that this monolith had to like be something. You know, like, and, and, and I mean, here's, uh, once again, here's a bit of a spoiler, folks. This monolith pretty much plays out and, and influences things for the, pretty much the remainder of the series. You know, like we said about Coulson's arm and whatnot, it, it kind of, you, you see the effects of it pretty much throughout the rest of the, uh, the series in a, in a way, in, in certain aspects. Um... There's a particular section about filming the uh, the scene where Coulson's arm gets cut off, uh, and it says, uh, Greg had to physically dive to show him catching a Terrigen crystal on camera while a mechanical axe was used to cut through, quote, a faux arm made up of tripe wrapped around a chicken thigh, unquote, to give the effect of the arm being cut off. For subsequent scenes, Greg's wardrobe was altered to give the appearance of the missing limb. Um, and then on the marketing side, uh, 
it, it talks about you know the art of uh, initiative uh, again the art of evolution was what this one was called for part one of the season finale ryan sook's poster hinted at cal's transformation into mr Hyde into the mr hyde persona from the comics in an homage to traditional comic book covers for part two joshua buddick again don't know if i'm pronouncing that name correctly brought together all of the main players of the season divided into Coulson and his team and those who served as antagonists to them throughout the season, though not necessarily villains, with Sky and some Terrigen crystals in the middle pointing to Sky's confused allegiances and the importance of the crystals in the finale. Once again, I'm actually looking at that one right now, but once again, I would say if you haven't ever seen these, definitely go check them out. The two of them are on the wikipedia page i'm sure you could find uh versions of them elsewhere and perhaps even get your own um get it from a reputable source of course um but yeah so that is pretty much what i have uh for the episodes scars and sos parts one and two did we miss any major story arcs that we can think of off the top of our heads uh, well, it's not really a, a story arc, but just something I wanted to talk about at least briefly. Uh, I, I was actually waiting to see if they would mention anything in the production about it. Uh, now, w we can assume that they had just brought in Kyle McLaughlin for this one season and like knew that he was going to be in and out for this because I had a suspicion and I was correct uh, this came out in 2015, so it probably filmed like maybe early 2015. I don't know when exactly. But in 2016, Kyle MacLachlan would probably is probably spending most of 2016 filming uh, season three of a show where he's playing five different characters, basically. So I, 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 I assume that there was at least some beforehand knowledge that he was just here for here for this do you think there was ever an intention of of bringing him back for even like a cameo appearance i mean i twin peaks by the way folks is what he's talking about um <laughs> but um i i don't know if they ever intended it it would have been easy i i believe in a later episode they mention him once or twice like, I think they say something about, like, you know, the fact that there there's somebody that that has eyes on him at all times. Basically, I would assume, or maybe it's mentioned, I don't remember, but something, you know, in case he's like Coulson, where he starts having, you know, certain memories unlock or whatever. But um, I don't know if it was if it was ever intended, but it could it could easily have been done. I mean, maybe not while he was filming. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Liam, you definitely know more about Twin Peaks than I do, but it was, what, 18 episodes of Twin Peaks, and they filmed it like one gigantic film. Yeah. It, it, yeah. He, I, I don't want, I could spend a lot of time, but I'm not going to, but uh, <laughs> it's an 18-hour long movie that he cut yeah. up for. He, he approached it, wrote it, filmed it as if it was just an 18-hour long movie. Right. Um... But yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if there was ever a plan. I don't remember ever seeing an article or, you know, anything like that. But I would assume 
somebody somewhere probably said, you know, something along the lines of, we left it so that he can come back. Yeah. But I don't know if they ever necessarily intended it. Because the fact that they didn't kill him, one, for story purposes for Sky, it's nice because, you know, it's, even though he doesn't know who she is, she at least knows that he kind of got a happily ever after sort of thing, and it helps her and Coulson sort of, you know, I don't want to say make up, but sort of make up a little bit and what have you. But um, it is a nice thing for her, but it also is unlike they do, you know, like like on a lot of shows where it's like, oh, well, like even uh, the, the quote where, you know, he said, I believe it was Jeff Bell said that they killed a lot of characters. So to not and you would think that would be the obvious character because he he's been kind of in the the mix as a potential big bad since i believe season one you know that he's the he's one of the characters that didn't die like reyna died jaying died but the fact that he didn't die is kind of an interesting thing so it stands to reason that they at least left it open so that he could have come back if they could have worked something out mm. um so obviously, as I said, next podcast episode is going to be Ant-Man. And then um, the plan is we're going to do similar to how we transitioned season one into season two. We're going to do season two into season three, where the next episode, it will once, the next Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, it will once again be Ruth and Liam joining and then... Uh, Ruth and I will continue uh, season three. Um, so I am really looking forward to that. Like I said, the, the whole thing with Simmons is one of the major aspects of this finale that I remembered. In addition to the uh, Daisy Cal scene when Cal is Dr. Winslow. And then um, the... Uh, I didn't remember the exact scene, but the fact that the Terrigen mist, you know, basically gets put into the uh, the cod liver oil or the fish oil pills or what have you. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that storyline plays out and how the Simmons storyline plays out the next time, excuse me, the three of us are together. Um, but if we don't have anything else on this final arc of season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., why don't the two of you tell them where they can find you all across the internet, Ruth? Uh, I'm not all across the internet. You can find me on Facebook uh, at Just Plain Crazy Face Art or Ruth Waltish Casey. Yeah, and uh, you could follow me on Twitter uh, tw uh, at Hazard Time. I, I almost did that again. And uh, you can also check me out on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Hazard Time. Definitely go check out and support these two in all they do. If you want to support um, myself, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at JPGRB. You can find and support all of us uh, individually or together at Clock Shelves on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Um, I'm really excited about the future of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., MCU, and me. Uh, we're going to have so much more going forward now. Of course, pretty much everything or just about everything, um, at least for the foreseeable future of the podcast, 
uh, is on Disney Plus now. The Defenders series, formerly uh, the Marvel Netflix shows, as we often refer to them, they are all on Disney Plus now. Agents of Shield is on Disney Plus now, so it's going to make a lot of, and of course the films, uh, most of them are on there as well. So it's going to make a lot of this so much easier going forward. Like I said, the next time you hear from the three of us, it will be for the beginning of season three of Agents of Shield, and I'm excited to talk about Season 3 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the two of you. Um, but until then, uh, we thank you for listening, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed Season 2. It took us a long time to get here, only because we were split up by uh, some time constraints. We were split up by Agent Carter Season 1, which Agent Carter Season 2, coming up soon. We were split by... Uh, daredevil season one daredevil season two coming soon of course um and you know a few films in there and of course like i said busy schedules and stuff but we are gonna keep plugging away at mcu and me thanks for listening true believers